Are you ready? Hey, everybody. Hey, folks. Hello, everybody. People in the back. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the inner loop. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the inner loop. Without further ado. Without further ado. Okay, so without further ado, we're going to get started. We should get started. We're yeah. Rolling. I'm rolling. We're, we're, we're going to get started. <laughs> Welcome to the Interloop Radio. I'm Rachel Kuntz. And I'm Courtney Sexton. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, please remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and check out our website at theinnerlooplit.org. For any new listeners out there here on the Interloop Radio, we delve into all things creative writing, whether that be inspiration or craft, publishing or editing, how to make a living, or just how we all sit down each day in front of an empty page. We invite friends and local writers onto the show to talk about their writing journey, what inspires them, or to delve deeper into craft. On today's show, we want to talk about funding your writing career. Oof. Oof is right. (laughs) Unfortunately, becoming a successful writer rarely means sitting back and collecting big paychecks from royalties, as much as we all like to imagine that. Um, Often, writers have to hustle to get paid, and they really freaking hustle am i right yeah i I, yeah we hustle (laughs) (laughs) courtney's nonplussed about this topic no it's it is it is it's well it's hard right because part of it is it's a lifestyle and part of it is you know you like love to hate it but part of it is by choice because like I think there's something that goes hand in hand with writers like like half the time we want to be like just like Oh, lying in a field somewhere, like getting artistic inspiration. But the other half of the time, you're like, nah, I got to be out in the world. I got to do stuff. I got to experience stuff. I got to da 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 da. I need constant like stimulation for my brain. So that like feeds this hustle. And it's like, I don't know. That's how I feel like that's how I operate anyway. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's, I think that's so true. I feel like I have this uh, conversation all the time with other writers who, uh, work sort of in the writing world, whether that be teaching or, um, you know, writing professionally, either like in the news or comp stuff, like, you know, writing related careers. Um, And I have a parallel career that doesn't really have much to do with writing. And so I feel like we always have this conversation about which one's better? Is it better to be like entrenched right. in writing all the time? Or is it better to sort of oscillate in between writing and non-writing? Um, because we always worry about like burnout and right. feeling like, oh, all of my creative energy has been sucked out of me. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, I've been, I've been seeing stuff, you know, in the world that sort of tries to um, combat that, that, uh, outlook on creative energy that, you know, actually the more you use, the more you have right. and, you know, is teaching and using writing all the time, exercising a muscle that then gets stronger when you go to write your own stuff, or are you depleting like a, uh, you know, um, a limited reserve? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, as with anything, I feel like it's a little bit of both, like having been in the comms world and teaching world, um, 
there are days when you do like really draw inspiration there. Um, and there are days when it's not, I think, I think a bigger problem that we run into is trying to monetize all of our creative pursuits. So like, I am so guilty of this, wherein even, you know, um, I'm involved with a lot of visual artists for various things. And I'm like, oh, how can I make this like a paid gig, which (laughs) that is where I think you start to suck out, you know, some of the joy. Um, You suck out the joy. That's what this whole episode is about. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I totally uh, sympathize, like relate. I relate to that perspective. Uh, But on the other hand, like it's can be so hard to find time. I know like writers are such whiny little bitches and we're like, (laughs) we don't have time. I don't have time. I can't get in the zone. I need perfect. I need like like, the perfect circumstances to (laughs) have the muse like descend upon me. It's Um, like pandas trying to have a baby. (laughs) Like it's like all things (laughs) exactly correct. Um, But when, but on the other hand, you need deadlines. And if you apply for grants that support a project that you really care about, that you want to write, then you are not only getting paid, but you have that built in deadline where you kind of have to like force yourself to just do it, just do it. Um, it also and- helps structure whatever the project is, right? Because you have to really, exactly. for grants especially, you know, you have to really articulate what it is that you're setting out to do. And that helps clear the muddle in your brain that Absolutely. is often the thing that like keeps you you inert. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, you can like apply for prizes for your writing to yeah. either then go on to be like, have your book published or to have, you know, poems published in a magazine. Um, All of that is like paid gigs and also is sort of the end goal of this whole writing enterprise, right? Is to be read. (laughs) It's not to be published. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. I was like, I was like, are we all trying to make money off of writing? I don't know if that is the case. (laughs) <laughs> not necessarily, but I think it helps. It, oh, it def- I'm not saying, yeah, no, it, it definitely helps. It's just like, you know, the romantics in us are like, no, I just write because it's my art. Um, yeah, well, we're not all independently wealthy, so no, I feel unfortunately, like. unfortunately, no. Yeah, unfortunately, I've had, some, I've had some good writing, professional writing gigs, though, that have been, like, completely off topic from anything I would write about creativity, creatively, um, but in in both being paid to do it and like being paid your worth to do it bolsters your confidence to write outside of the working world too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it is, I don't know, it's, it's a different kind of muscle, but it makes you, it makes you pay attention to the formulaic parts of, of writing that I think is something we, we don't always yeah. And speaking of like untold, you know, non-monetary benefits of doing things that give you monetary benefit, um, teaching, I feel like is one of those things where, you know, like you were saying with grants, when you write a grant, you actually have to articulate what you're trying to do um, in, you know, a less abstract way. And also for teaching writing, yeah. you have to be able to articulate what's good about a certain piece that you love, what's good about this writing, how are they doing it? How are mm-hmm. they achieving what they're trying to achieve in terms of craft? So, you know, I feel like even though you seem to be like a cynic about making money from writing, 
it all feeds back into itself. <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that is how I make money. So, you know, <laughs> that is my career. I feel like we should invite our next guest on because I need a, I need a less cynical point of view. All right. All right. I feel that. Um, coming up, we'll hear from poet, writer, and cultural worker Abdul Ali. Stay tuned. Gather. <laughs> gather, please. Um, you can gather in. Gather around, gather around for the second half. And we're gonna get started. We're gonna get started. We'll get started. We're officially getting started. I'm not teasing you this time. Welcome back to the Interloop Radio. We've been discussing ways to fund your writing career, and now we'd like to welcome Abdul Ali, poet, writer, and cultural worker. Abdul has taught at Johns Hopkins University, Howard University, and Goucher College. He has also held senior management positions at many literary nonprofit organizations and arts programs. He's served on the board of the Hurston Wright Foundation. He's a volunteer leader with the Baltimore-based organization Thread, which serves academically challenged young people in the Baltimore City Public Schools, and he is the recipient of the 2019 Ruby Grant from the Robert Deutsch Foundation and the author of the award-winning poetry collection, Trouble Sleeping. Welcome, Abdul. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> it's so good to be here. Thank you, Rachel Courtney. So I, I I don't always read the full bios of our guests on the show, uh, but I really felt your bio demonstrates how many uh, pots you got going on once on the stove of your writing career. So uh, tell us, how do you keep up with everything? How do you not burn stuff? <laughs> so I, I don't know that I think about it very much. You know, it's it's kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, when you come from a working class background, it's kind of like there's this voice in the back of your head thinking like, what the hell are you doing messing yeah. with art? You know, who do, who mm-hmm. do you think you are messing around with art? You, you don't mm-hmm. have messing around with art. And so be, that voice kind of haunts you. And so, you know, you, you don't want to uh, kind of be in the bread line, you know, so you sure. figure out how to earn a living uh, with integrity. And so mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've learned a couple of things over the years. And um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I kind of embrace that, you know, we're all complicated people. And um, yeah, you know, you go to college, you, you know, you learn how to edit a literary journal and people ask you to read manuscripts and then you find out people pay you to do that. And, you know, at different points in your life, you're like, oh, this, I didn't know this would come in handy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I guess I'm just on this roller coaster, you know? Yeah, totally. And so just like digging in on specifics a little bit for our listeners who are tuning in to kind of get ideas and like tips on how to turn their writing career into something that can actually be a living for them. Um, I know that you yourself won a major grant and you've worked for so many nonprofits who thrive off of grants. So do you have like a strategy or tips that you can offer for finding and applying for grants and like what would make a strong grant application for our listeners? Um, slash for 
us here at the interloop (laughs) (laughs) sure 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 so the, the first part of the question i would recommend um creating a calendar like it could be a google mm-hmm. calendar where I, there are so many different uh sort of local arts councils state arts council private foundations that you can sign up for their lists and they will email yeah. you about upcoming deadlines mm-hmm. and put those deadlines on that google calendar you know be a good steward because it, it is a job Finding yeah yeah is a job so be a good steward of that. Go to their info sessions, ask questions, you know, Mm. folks, the program officers typically are very, very friendly and they they want you to win. So once you understand, you know, what they're funding and if you're a good fit for it, you know, um, put together your materials in draft form. Usually folks would be happy to look them over before you submit. Mm, you know? mm-hmm. So like I said, um, it's almost like applying for a job, you know, so mm. have uh, someone look at the way that we have folks look at our cover letter and resume, have someone look at your, you know, responses to um, your grant application. And the mm-hmm. good thing is the, the philanthropy world is trending towards being more equitable and accessible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen are much, much more simpler than they used to be. You know, like back in the day, that was a barrier to entry for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A lot of gatekeeping happening. And now, Mm -hmm. like, whoa, four small questions and you're in. Mm -hmm. You know, like almost Mm -hmm. can do that. Some folks, some folks will even let you do a video you know you can do a video you know like they're really figuring out ways to kind of lower the barriers so that you don't necessarily need a graduate degree to apply so So i think that's a good thing so that would be my first recommendation is to become a part of that world you know Mm -hmm. uh, follow them on the socials um Mm -hmm. attend their info sessions, um, be in the know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you are a writer, um, a lot of them are project based. Some, you know, some of them rotate on which genre they're funding. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's always nice, you know, to be always working on a project, you know, always publishing, you know, um, building up your CV. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. Opportunities present themselves you don't have to get ready because you are staying ready. It's mm-hmm. right? so, good. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you find Abdul, you know, some of these programs, you know, they ask for jurors from the community. Um, do you think that's a good way? I mean, I've, I've done it in the past and for me, I thought it was, you know, really an, another way of like, it's similar to what you were saying, like have people read over your stuff. It was like, I became much more familiar with the process, the people, the applications, what they were looking for through like being on the juror side. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, it's a good professional development to volunteer, yeah. to be a, a, right. writer, a panelist. But at the end of the day, I think they're looking for strong writing. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, something that stands out. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, some folks just, everyone has something, you know? Yeah. yeah. You have just a D 
different kind of sense of humor. You know, like everyone has something, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to play mm-hmm. with strengths. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, certainly we all have that grandparent who passed away, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, take that story or that something out of the drawer that, you know, sometimes, you know, not everyone has been to a Prince concert, you know. <laughs> you know? And, and you can't anymore. So, you know. You know, I, I just say, you know, um, this is the don't play shy, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, has caught, you know, one of Patti LaBelle's shoes, you know, at one of her concerts, you know. Are, are you speaking from experience here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there are people who had these exciting yeah. lives and, you know, I mean, you know, chronicling those things, you know, I mean, yeah, don't be shy, you know, you can put those stories you know to the front of you know and submit them you know make them work for you and I think that that's really great advice to you know first make sure the writing is strong and next you know really hone in on what your unique project is yeah um and make it unique to you and your experiences um and I think that also when I started digging into research of grants for writers, I was really shocked to see just how many opportunities there are out there, mm-hmm. how many people are willing to fund your crazy idea. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Poets and Writers is like a great resource. They have a database of grants as as well as um, submission publications. They also have grants, grants opportunities. Um, And also your local government um, is an amazing resource because, you know, it's on a much smaller scale. So writers are used to so much competitiveness um, in the submission process Mm -hmm. that it's actually not quite as competitive when you're dealing on a regional or local scale when you're uh, dealing with local governments. And it's your money. You know, it's yeah. really your tax dollars coming right in. back to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that's a great point. Abdul. You're paying yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Abdul, earlier you mentioned that you found all these creative ways to make money, like doing uh, reading submissions and doing editing. Um, can you tell us some other ways that you found to kind of fund your writing career? Oh, um. Well, sure. Um, so one of the things that I did was, um, you know, I started working in the nonprofit uh, mm-hmm. sector early. And so me being a naturally curious person, I wanted to know all of the parts of what makes a nonprofit tick and mm-hmm. and thrive. And mm-hmm. so I was able to start consulting early on um, mm-hmm. from not just with grant writing, but you know, I'm aging myself a little bit, but social media started mm-hmm. when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember being hired as a communications officer um, around the time we launched our first Twitter account mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. having to, you know, create a voice for our institution, you know, and so being, you know, in that front row seat, you know, was really exciting. You you know what I mean? Um, uh, And so, you know, without even knowing what I was doing in my 20s, this helped me 
to be able to uh, kind of launch my own consultancy so mm-hmm. that I would be in a position to be able to help startup organizations and also entrepreneurs. So I would say consulting has helped me throughout my adult, my professional career, because mm-hmm. whether I had a nine to five or not, I've always had opportunities come my way where someone um, may have had a capacity challenge and there was like, Abdul, do you think you might be able to help me? I'm working on a project. And I, you know, even if I had five or 10 extra hours and, and I also was a young parent, so I've always needed extra something. And I'm like, sure, I can help you with that. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think has really helped me, you know, just kind of understanding how, at least theoretically, <laughs> things are supposed to work. Yeah. So like you're, you're putting words in your mouth, but like your advice would be to ask questions, stay curious, like figure out like where you fit into a bigger picture of something that you can then, you know, turn into a skill that there's demand for. Absolutely. And don't, um, sometimes as writers, I think we sometimes play it safe and shy. Mm-hmm. think well all I know how to do is write poems and yeah like, you have to know some things to write some things yeah. so, you know don't play yourself short play yourself small um if you're a novelist or a short story writer you gotta know about a lot of different things to be able to write about those things so yeah. don't play yourself small um you know so yeah I, I would, yeah yeah, I would. Definitely. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you put it that way that you have to know some things to write some things. Because yeah. one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Abdul, is you have all these different things going on. Non, you work with nonprofits, teach workshops, you teach at universities, uh, you even work with underprivileged children. How have you found that all of those different things work into your actual creative work as a poet? Yeah. So I, I think being a creative it really is about living, mm-hmm. right? Because I think um, when I sit down to write, I am, um, I don't know about you all, but when I was a kid, um, you know, I lived, I grew up in New York and I was that odd kid who would run outside with the mason jars and oh, try yeah. to catch those fireflies. For sure. And I feel like that is a good metaphor for what we do as creative writers. We're trying to capture real life fireflies and distill it (laughs) make it glow on the page yeah and and so um you know all of those life experiences you know all of that lived experience all of that witnessing um it adds to um the canvas it makes those colors more vivid uh, it gives uh, the work more legitimacy uh, when I do my mm-hmm. readings and someone pulls me to the corner and they're like, I know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. That makes me, that makes, that lets me know I'm doing my, the work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. For someone to, uh, you know, re- for the work to resonate, mm-hmm. folks, you know, um, because we can't live in an ivy tower and bear witness to the world around us. We have to be a part of the world. We can't be afraid of the world. You know, we have to be a part of it. Uh, We have to roll up our sleeves. Um, We have to, um, yeah, 
I mean, I mean, to be human, nothing can be alien to us, right? Mm. In order for mm -hmm. us to write about it, to feel about yeah. it, to tell the truth. Um, so that's how I see it. Wonderful. I would love to hear a couple of poems with all of that in mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this poem that I'm going to share with you is, um, I am aging myself. I remember the Twin Towers, uh, World, Trade, World Trade Center, uh, when there was a movie theater. Uh, in, 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 in the, yeah, in, yeah. It, it was uh, such a, a, a place where I would, uh, my actually my mom and I we were actually going through there to go see a movie, and we ran into my dad. <laughs> it was like a, a <laughs> weird thing. It was, it was like a weird thing. Okay, so this is called Amistad. That was the name of the film that was playing. Amistad. My father and I run into each other at the edge of Lower Manhattan, World Trade Center, where there's a movie house. We tiptoe down the slope, making our way to our seats. We don't exchange pleasantries. Cinque is stolen from his native land. A body of water separates Cinque from his home. We have front row seats inside the belly of the ship. History so close it hums. The rush of water now spilling in my lap. I close my eyes, blink. Water breaking through the screen, water rising from the floor, how the past revolts against the present. I lift both feet. We're in this together. Our own Amistad. Headed somewhere, a meeting place, captive. Hmm. So I have a very complicated relationship with my dad. So <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> it's so clear. Very apropos and, and, and interesting that we bumped into each other and we went to see this movie and yeah. So all these really interesting things. Mm -hmm. um, all right, one more poem. So you know it's interesting. Um, so. Rachel, you're at what's the name? The porches. The porches. So I was at um I'm trying to think. I was at Virginia Center. VCCA. So I, I was at VCCA and I had such a interesting time there. <laughs> <laughs> and I say interesting in quotes because like, oh my God, like I don't know, like it was like Octavia Butler, like all these weird things <laughs> happening when I was like, um, they were doing work, but there wasn't like a lamp. So coming from my writing studio, like there was this metal thing sticking out the ground and I scarred my leg. Oh, no. It was just all these weird things. And so I'm going to read this poem. <laughs> <laughs> this summer, you leave the city every chance you get. You want to feel like a real poet getting lost in the shadows of the trees, discovering new plants, butterflies up close, birds with the most beautiful petticoats. You arrive with pencil and paper, ready to document the landscape, open green spaces, southernness, a world you did not grow up in, yet you are intrigued. 
it has claimed parts of your history. As a writer, you wish to hold it by its neck and claim it so it doesn't control your present. Foolish poet, you arrive at retreat after retreat only to discover that there is no retreating from history. No, mm. no withdrawing behind enemy lines. No rewind button or fast forward. Whatever you are running from, across the mirror of time, its ghost is running towards you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that really resonates. Yeah, so, you know, those are the things that I've been thinking a lot about, like sort of the ghosts of history yeah. um, that find its way in the present. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's a really important subject that you really articulated well. Oh, I mean, and I think we're all kind of contending with that as we are trying, yeah, thinking about sort of what's happening to our planet, and I mean, on all planes, you know, mm-hmm. we're conversations, um, and yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been such a great discussion, Abdul. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Absolutely, thanks for having me, and I hope that um, thank you for you know the lo- beloved community that you all are featuring uh, uh, with. Um, I mean, it's it's just a fabulous reading series and podcast. I, I'm so appreciative of what you all are doing. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, You can learn more about Abdul and all the great work he's doing and sign up for his mailing list at abdulali.net. Abdul, will you stick around for a little writing game? Fun? (laughs) He says I will. (laughs) Awesome. Well, up next, we will profess our love to money. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Inner Loop Radio. We turn now to my personal favorite game, the writing exercise. It's good. It's good. It's, it's a good. good. I was <laughs> pausing for Courtney's reaction. <laughs> oh, they are. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Courtney's feeling start... cynical today, guys. <laughs> no, I need to start sm- like I need to revamp uh, or restart, reignite my structured writing time. So mm-hmm. exercise yeah. is always good for that. Yeah. Yeah. So before the show, uh, Courtney, Abdul, and I had to spend five minutes writing a love poem to money. Everyone has a complicated relationship with money, but perhaps no one more than the artist. We love to hate it, wish we didn't need it, but in the end, we couldn't live without it. So I thought that was the perfect fodder for a love poem. Mine unfortunately came out very much like the terrible love poetry I wrote in high schools. Uh, <laughs> but who wants to go first? You mean the best poetry? <laughs> 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and get mine out. I, no, I want to go first. Nope. <laughs> so we can forget it as quickly yeah, as possible. Exactly. <laughs> so this, I don't think it quite ended up being a love poem. Uh, but yeah. Good luck to pick one up, but only if the tail is down. From where did such a superstition come? Galleons of gold in days of old. Bite it to make sure it's real. Some years are worth more than others, but that all depends on who you ask. 1985 was a good one, my dad says, and he tapes a tarnished penny to the mirror. My daily reminder of being born into a world spinning on a dime. That was awesome. What are you talking about? So creative. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Oh my god. All right, Abdul, I'm sorry. I, I have to insist I go next because I feel like on our last writing exercise, we let the guests go first and it was clearly the best and I feel like we should end on a good note. <laughs> Please go. go. <laughs> uh, okay, here's my love poem to Buddy. You came into my life with the budding of my adulthood, but when I think about it, you've always been there. I follow you where you lead, even when I think I've rid myself of you. You thrill me with the carnal indulgence of power and possibilities. I'm exhilarated when I have you, destitute when you're gone, and yet all I want is to not need you. For this complicated world to expel you from its embrace with the disdain you deserve. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> rough <laughs> thanks court <laughs> i mean like expel you from my sight to be gone <laughs> i could have put a metaphor there but i felt like they were all too dangerous to like yep. get in there in five minutes <laughs> no, that's good that's good all right abdul show yes. us how it's done yeah i don't know about all that but uh... <laughs> Um, an immodest proposal (laughs) nice when all my rolled quarters are spent at the laundry and all I have are poems and plants and day old pizza tell me you'll stay with this aging poet when my back is overrun from sciatica and I can no longer drop it like it's hot. Tell me you won't split the cheese, because, baby, we've got places to discover. <laughs> and, and though I've never really been that dude to go after someone's dough, promise me when we get old, we'll rent out the skating ring and play Donna Summers. Ooh, love to love you, baby all 20 minutes that's how long it'll take me to walk to the dance floor and say eat your heart out bitches amazing (laughs) so good i love it (laughs) i was was there with you i didn't mention money like like I, i really appreciated the prompt because it's so unlike me to think about you know, yeah, it was mm-hmm. a pretty big pop for me. Awesome. Glad you liked it. Thank you so much for playing with us and, and for being on the show again. Thanks for having me. That's our show. We'll be back next Monday with an inspiration takeover, our new series of mini episodes where a local writer takes over the podcast to give us a dose of inspiration. 
And if you want to learn more about The Inner Loop and all of our programming, please visit us at theinnerlooplit.org, where you can also donate to support us and local literature, talking about money. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Inner Loop Lit. Today's episode was produced by me, Rachel Kuntz. Our theme music is by Andrew Logan, and our technical advisor is James Skinner. Thanks again to Abdul Ali for joining us on the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, submit an application to receive a shout out or better yet leave us a review such as the inner loop radio is a great investment it gives writing tips inspiration and lots of laughs all for the low low price of zero yeah and don't forget to subscribe (laughs) subscribe (laughs) subscribe so you can get inspired get focused and get lit on the inner loop radio happy writing right on